Guiding Light Radio, the only pro wrestling podcast recorded with low-end audio equipment. Today's episode is sponsored by SacrificialLambs.net, the only ritual for your ritual killings. I am your host, the Guiding Light Isaiah Quinn, and my guest today is someone who has given you the lowdown on so many wrestlers behind the scenes at Future Shock Wrestling and has more recently laced up the boots and stepped inside the squared circle as a combatant himself, making his debut at LWF Fight Mare before Christmas. Please welcome the undeniable Tony Wright. Hello, Tony. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome on any time. How have you been? What have you been up to of late? Um, So, like, outside of uh, fighting off the old Rona, and just existing in the world. I've been watching a lot of wrestling documentaries. I'm, I'm like every sort of biographical documentary <laughs> I can find. Um, I've gone through like Brian Pillman, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Triple H. Just I, I like I like knowing where they grew up. <laughs> That's what, is, what I've been spending my time doing. Was there any one in particular that um, that you thought was better than any of the others? Anything you um, recommend? Oh, I mean, the, the, the Brian Pillman one, just because uh, he's someone that, like, I know a, a little bit about, but not wasn't as sort of, like, widely recognised as some of the other people I've watched. Yeah. So I learned so much in that one. Um, Just sort of, like, the sort of the, the transformation of him from being just a really great sort of mid-card wrestler to creating one of the most influential personas of the 90s so it's like yeah i think that that's the one to watch where, where did you watch these so i've been watching them on the network oh, right, okay. and then sort of also just sort of like googling to see if there's anything on like vimeo people put up oh, right, um because yeah. the, the brian pillman one there's a documentary on the network about him and then there's a dark side of the ring episode as well and yeah, they pretty yeah. much cover the same thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I've not watched any of the newer Dark Side of the Ring. Um, definitely need to catch that. Uh, now, we all know that people are tuning into Guiding Light Radio all around the world. And no doubt they'll be tuning in to hear about the journey of Tony Wright, most likely to get them off to sleep now we don't want to bore our listeners so instead of asking you to troll your way through your journey in professional wrestling i've been asking my guests to briefly summarize their career in the industry in 30 seconds as if a tv show was recapping previous episodes so tell me tony what's been happening previously on tony wright okay well i've got 30 seconds so um uh, I was asked to be an interviewer and then I interviewed for about two years and then um, I slowly but surely got into the ring and now I fight people. Uh, I, uh, oh, I, I, see, the, the time limit sort of scared me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've, I've not really done much yet, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Where did um, you train? I trained with the Future Shock Performance Centre um, mm. under... Sam Bailey and a few other sort of guest uh, trainers over the over the couple of years. It's been like two years now, I think. Um, and in that time, we've just like pretty much lived there, just trying to soak up as much 
uh, about wrestling as, as I can and um, learn from anyone and everyone. Well, that is the end of that round, Tony. Uh, I hope we didn't call, catch you too much by surprise there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I've known you for a little while now and I've known you primarily from doing uh, interviews backstage. So what was that process like, sort of grabbing the mic and, and having to sort of, um, yeah, to sort of interview uh, some of the wrestlers? It was, um, I found it very intimidating. Uh, really? I'd always, always been a wrestling fan, um, but I'd never actually got to be like at a show or meet people in wrestling until like the first Future Shock show that um, I came in to interview. Or oh, I did like a little show a few years before that. Um, mm. But this, it, it was, yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very shy person at first anyway. And just like being in, I think it was Stockport Guildhall in this room with, with um, just all of these really, really like athletic people <laughs> working on stuff, getting into the zone. It, it properly, uh, it properly, it properly scared me. So <laughs> when it came to asking people to do interviews and stuff, I just, um, it, it, it took a lot to, to build up to that. And, but then everyone was so, so cool that uh, it, it wasn't long before I sort of really, really leaned into the job and really got comfortable and uh, I want to say sort of like good at it, but like efficient at it. And um, yeah, but at first it was quite, it was quite something. Give yourself some credit. I would definitely say you were good at it. Um, yeah, it must, must have been intimidating being it surrounded in a room full of um, athletes and JJ Webb uh to kind of uh you know what is it how do you how do you describe it get all that courage to kind of interview uh people yeah, yeah. interesting so how long then have you been physically sort of training for um so around august 2019 um i think i popped down to a training session that sam was running um, just to hang out with people. This was properly around the time where I really, really started to uh, um, get to know people in wrestling and really um, like just sort of uh, adapt to it sort of socially and get to know everyone. Um, and at the session, Sam threw a pair of knee pads at me and uh, told me to mm -hmm. get in the ring. Um, I, I didn't really know. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it. I was in jeans. Um, uh, but I just did a sort of a few roles and I was like, oh, actually, this is a, you know, that's, I'm not like, I, I, thought, I, I literally thought I'd be like Bambi. I thought I, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, but I actually sort of like that. And then eventually when Sam got his own place in December 2019, I just sort of, from as soon as I could, day one, just uh, went down every every day off I have. I've, I've been there since. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you must have you've talked to it like a, a duck to water and it was a pleasure to be um ringside for your your debut lwf i think uh, you've, been, uh, you've been there for a lot of my firsts in wrestling actually oh really why what was would, what was your other first well you would have been at my first uh future shock show because i think i definitely started around the time you were uh making making waves um in future shock and then um 
one of my earliest, earliest training sessions, perhaps the first where I actually got in the ring and did a drill. Uh, you were you were there for that. And then first match. Yeah, first match, you, were, you, were, you, were, you, you were managing me, which was, was amazing. amazing. Managing Tony Wright, uh, honorary member of the worst with yeah. Big Guns Joe. <laughs> Uh, what a class uh, to be to be part of, I guess. You've been training for what, Neil, a year and a bit now. Two, two years. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, 2019. Sorry. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit about your wrestling style. Uh, in particular, I'd like you to compare your wrestling style to one of these three types of toothpaste: Colgate, Aquafresh, or Sensodyne. Tony, which type of toothpaste best reflects your wrestling style and why? Oh, okay. Uh, Colgate. It's got to be Colgate. It's uh, colourful. It's uh, old school. Um, You know, I I I think it it can appeal to to multi-generations. You know, parents grew up with Colgate, but it's still, you know, still there there for the kids of today. and also the sort of like the three stripes, sort of like there's there's three little elements to uh to to what yeah. I do. There's, uh, I I like to think um I I lead into wrestling with uh what's it like how am I how am I putting on the show uh how am I getting the best of my opponent and um how am I going to sort of survive this? That's my three. That's my red, white, and blue. That is. Yeah, and they combine together uh to form a foamy substance. That allows you to um, put on uh, the best sort of uh, version of you in that in that ring. Interesting. Um, like a tooth, they make me shine, baby. How about this for size? I was going to look thinking thinking of Sensodyne uh, because it's, right. it's it helps strengthen teeth, and you were a strong person. Nice. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Guiding Light Radio now. Guiding Light Radio is an affiliate of the Guiding Light TV network. And one of the ways we are able to stay on the airways is with advertisements. If you've had advertising space right here on Guiding Light Radio, Tony, what would you advertise? I'd have to advertise um, knee and elbow pads. OK. Any is there any. Anything special about these knee and elbow pads? I'm just a massive advocate of protecting your joints. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've got many, many pairs myself. Uh, too many. Well, you, I've only got these two elbows, but I've got about six pairs on each. Well, uh, you ex- each you exploited a loophole in, in a website almost, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I almost started a business. <laughs> um, yeah, and even the, I don't have... So I still have loads of pairs of knee pads. I don't even own those pairs anymore. Um, and I, uh-huh. I got a lot. Uh, the the old one pound McDavid's. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what they call one pound McDavid's. Growing up. Um, <laughs> one pound McDavid. Um, yeah, I just I, I just gave them out. I was like a goodwill knee pad ambassador. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I just think keep yourself keep yourself safe, whether whether training or on a show. Yeah, you deserve to look after yourself. You deserve to feel comfortable. Get some knee and elbow pads. Would you would you go into um, a kind of premium elbow pad and knee pad in terms of uh, look? Um, 
So the the, the volleyball style, uh, the McDavid, the Trace uh, sort of mm. style, um, they're like so, so they're, they're classics. They look really good. They're not like massive, but they uh, they they protect everything they need to, and yeah, they do look good. And then the Trace ones come in all different colors as well. If you if you if you're into that sort of thing, um, but then an AMA. If you if you want premium, if you want uh, luxury, you want mm. like it's it's almost like a memory foam mattress for your for your leg. It's uh, they're the ones. Yeah, yeah, I've had a pair of trace knee pads before. Uh, I can also, I mean, you're you're one for style, aren't you, Tony? You're always wearing um, exceptional. You have exceptional taste in suits, and I feel like there's a market there for some kind of. Um, uh, High-end couture uh, knee pads and elbow pads. Yeah, I I I I I think so too. You know, um, what would you I've call? Designs. Oh, no, what, what what would you call your knee pad and elbow pad store? Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's um a bit of a cop out if we just use the whole the name thing like other companies do, but rights. Right. Definitely uh, sounds like. No, that uh, sounds uh, sanitary products. Um, like an electrical <laughs> store. <laughs> um, maybe just sort of. I'll just go out of the. I'll just Google like a random word, like a name generator, and get something like uh, uh, Bristow. Bristow. I just got Bristow from looking at a tin of hairspray, but. Um, okay. Maybe a random word. Yeah. 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 I I wear. I you well, used to wear knee pads uh, when I was training. Used to wear elbow pads as well. Um. And then when I was on shows, just wore knee pads. Didn't wear elbow pads. Do you wear elbow pads when you're on shows? Yeah. 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 Um. Just because I, I have no idea. What 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 happened um i did one training session about four months ago where i just knocked my elbow in the same place three times in one match and ever mm. since it just if, if i if i knock it in that same place it really hurts so i'm like i i'm i'm gonna i'm not gonna risk it I'm not gonna risk no. it. no no cover um, up yeah i also i also quite like the look i, I yeah I, I know i know a lot of people don't but like, I kind I kind of like the look. A few a few of my favourites from back in the day would uh, you think like sort of late attitude era? You mm. get your Triple H's, your Christians, your Edges. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite a nice look. Yeah, and I think uh, it's probably quite refreshing actually because I don't see many Brit wrestlers wear elbow pads. No, people are. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool enough people to wear elbow pads but I, i'd i'd like to think that i don't go with trends you know uh, <laughs> uh what is cool in wrestling what like there isn't really a <laughs> definition of cool is there because we all know what we are and what we do <laughs> so we can't get on our high horse <laughs> no we can't fair play to you for keeping your body safe tony thank you um now you'll have interviewed uh, a lot of wrestlers during yeah. your time as a backstage interviewer at Future Shock, and I kind of wanted to get an idea 
and what your thoughts are on some of the wrestlers in the Northwest scene. Tony, it's time to play Over or Under. In this section of the podcast, I'm going to say the names of several British wrestlers, and I want you to tell me if they are over or under. Remember, this is a quick fire round, so I do have to accept your first answer. So are you ready, Tony? I suppose so. Okay. In three, two, one. Damon Lee. Over. Synergy. Uh, uh, Over. Lana Austin. Over. Sam Bailey. Under. Under. JJ Webb. Under. Kelly Van Ness. Over. Two Bit. Over. Over. That's the end of Over or Under. Tony, you scored four out of ten. (laughs) yay I want to go back to um, some of your answers here Uh, Sam Bailey was Sam Bailey was under Uh, can you tell me why Uh, I don't know you've just (laughs) you've just you've just seen how the people react to him he's uh, Sam Bailey always always causing a scene bit of a shithouse yeah He's always screaming. I'm like, how are you so scared? You've been doing this for, doing this for a while. Why are you always so scared? Yeah, and he's always got um, someone to hide so yeah, behind. That's why. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's why he's under. I've noticed, noticed a little bit of uh, call to arms on Twitter uh, from you, Tony Wright, to, to kind of um, schedule a match with, with Sam Bailey. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm a particularly scary man, but he uh, is seems to be avoiding uh, fighting me like the plague. Uh, I want to I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle. Uh, I want I, wanna, I think uh, I think it would be uh, quite fun and uh, it'd be a hell of a show. But he, he's he's just not up for it. So I'm going to keep calling him out until it happens. I sincerely hope that when. When you are calling him out, it's the same tweet that you put out every day. Yeah, I, th- I think it will be. Oh, uh, real. Excellent. Although, if we do rack up some days, if we rack up some numbers, if I'm in the double digits, I might I might put a video out one day and then go back to the same tweet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a match I'd love to see. Um, do, would you have a preference of, of, I mean, do you want a straight-up singles match or would there be any kind of um, gimmick? Um, I think initially, yeah, I think I'd like to do a straight singles match. Yeah. Um, I I do. I really, really am desperate to do uh, uh, like a, a gimmick match uh, in in my wrestling because I don't I don't really know how far I'm gonna go with wrestling. You know, this was this is all of it that I've done so far has been quite um just it's been a surprise to me as much as to everyone else. Um, so I'm just going to do what I can whilst I can and just see where it goes. So I would love to do like some sort of hardcore street fighty match. But with yeah. Sam, I think I'd like to go one on one singles match. Let's 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 do this like old school style. Yeah. Let's have, a, have a belter. Something that uh, 
I'm sure many of our listeners here at Guiding Light Radio would would love to see whether that's a future shock or a, a different promotion. Um, moving on now, uh, in this section of the podcast, I like to discover what really gets on my guests' nerves. Quinn's Quibbles. Tell me, Tony, what really grates you? What gets on your wick in wrestling in particular? Um, so <clears throat> I've, I've thought about this a lot. I thought about this a lot. And as, as much as there's some amazing people that do this, some amazing people that I can't really fault. Um, people that turn up to shows with sliders on. <laughs> I, I, I just can't cope. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, everyone everyone should turn up in like a, a three piece suit, but I'm just saying put some shoes on. Have a bit of respect. You're not going on holiday. <laughs> Uh, I can imagine as a man of high fashion yourself, Tony, that must uh, must particularly grate you. Yeah, yeah, I think we we all know who them culprits are with the sliders. I mean, I wear sliders at home. Um, oh, I have a they, cold yeah, floor. They're com- yeah, they're, they're comfortable. Yeah, they're, they're, they're nice to walk around in the house, but if you if you have got cold floors. But uh, I don't know. I just I feel like you've you've turned up to a, a venue, a location, and it's just a little, I think it's just a little bit too like comfortable for my liking. Mm. I know and some of these very respectable establishments, you know, pubs, working men clubs. Yeah. Um yeah, you've 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 got like uh yeah, there there's you 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 walk into someone else's house, especially working men's clubs, you know, that is that is a that's a hub of community for the people that go to these shows. And um, I feel like you're just uh, you're insulting them (laughs) (laughs) if if you're not making that effort. I don't know if I've ever seen uh, socks and sandals, sliders, whatever outside of wrestling. Is it a fashion thing outside of wrestling or? I I think it was for a little while. I've not seen it outside of wrestling for a little while, but there was like a. There was a summer. There was a um, a spring where it was it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Right. All the all the all the cool kids um, in 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 the country just had socks and sliders on. And I remember a time where like I know sliders are a little bit different, but you were you were ridiculed if you had socks and like sandals. Open oh, absolutely. Socks on. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember, I can't remember where it, where it was, but I, I was wearing just, I was just wearing white socks. Can't wear white socks. Like, like, and I was like told that it was a fashion faux pas just for wearing white socks. So not, then with with uh, sandals, good grief. Um, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's uh, it's 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 interesting how things change, um, and what becomes like cool again. I, I think wrestling fashion is like a decade behind other fashion. Like I always look back at or like nineties wrestlers and I look at what they're wearing and I'm like, this was this was the eighties, right? And it's not it's yeah. like nineties. Like I always feel like they're always way behind. So it's no surprise to me that 
that the socks and sliders have remained in fashion in wrestling, but every other part of the world has gone past yeah. that stage. That yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of sense because that also comes down to just presentation in general. Um, <laughs> you know, watching like yeah, wrestlers from the watching like WCW from like the mid nineties. They're all very eighties. The music is very eighties. Yeah, like, this you're watching like really colourful like. Uh, presentation of like Lex Luger and Sting, and you're like, this is the same time as Nirvana. This is like <laughs> Cop- yeah. outside of yeah. this company, people are like grungy and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just very odd. And uh, when was when was Raven at his height? I think it was, was that post. Like, yeah, that post post yeah, grunge, was, like way post, behind. So so behind. Yeah. Um, it's. Yeah, wrestling uh, is is very slow to to find find trends. Mm. Never on the pulse. It's always like <laughs> it always finds it after it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because everything's on wholesale or something, and they can get everything <laughs> cheaper. Are your joints feeling old? <sighs> you want it to be easy when you get out of bed when you're older? <laughs> then you need Bristow padding. Keep your elbows and knees protected now so that they're creamy and supple when you're older. Bristow elbow and knee pads. Now you only need to worry about concussion. Now, Tony, have you heard of uh, the organisation called Bayer? No. No, okay. So Bayer, or maybe pronounced Bayer, are a large pharmaceutical company known primarily for non-prescription products. But in a disastrous turn of events, they've manufactured a deadly flesh-eating virus. And just when they thought they had it under control, a tiny vial somehow was transported to a wrestling show that you are in attendance of. The vial has exploded and manifested itself into something that can only be described as a zombie apocalypse. Tony, you are at the epicentre here. And you only have wrestling-themed weapons or gimmicks at your disposal. What are you choosing to fight off the zombie horde, and why? Right. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for like the stick-like weapons. Okay. Um, uh, I, I hopefully have like a, a Sting-esque baseball bat. Um, but mm-hmm. also the the most common wrestling stick weapon is a is like a Singapore cane kendo stick. Yeah. Um, I don't think they do do a lot. Um, <laughs> to try and retrofit it with something. Just like I could, I can make a zombie's back sting, but I don't think I could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd make a great noise though. Uh, Should be could be some interesting stabbing motions with a kendo stick. Yeah, actually. Yeah, if you take the little kind of, do you know the little cap on the end that sort of protects it where all the, uh, mm, mm. maybe that, if you take that off, it's actually quite vicious. Mm. Um, trying to think. Uh, I can only think of more individual iconic d- wrestling weapons rather than like common use ones. So I'm thinking yeah. of like Abdullah the Butcher's fork and Jim Cornette's racket. Yeah, yeah. Fork. Thinking those sort of things. You wouldn't. You. I've said this to other people before. You probably wouldn't want to go down mankind's soco route through, <laughs> through through fear of the zombie biting you and you becoming one of the horde. Yeah. Yeah, that's li- yeah. Let's, like one of the the last things you want to do is um, 
literally give yourself to to the zombie. Um, so yeah, maybe the soco isn't the uh, the right the right one. Maybe not like a table or anything either. No. I mean, you yeah. a few, if if you if if it's just one zombie and you 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 feel pretty confident, you could do some six spots. Because um, <laughs> also they're 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 undead, so you can do as many spots as you want. Even if you're not comfortable <laughs> doing a pile driver, just pile driving. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, but then also I don't know if I'd be comfortable having his mouth that close to my leg. Uh, that's um, a point. But maybe uh, maybe a good old like rock bottom off off a through a table or a German German suplex. Yeah, they're definitely snapping in half there, aren't they? Very interesting choices there. Um, fork. Yeah, I think the fork is a good one. Uh, especially for close combat, if you're overwhelmed. Um, now, now you don't want to do this on your own. Uh, strength in numbers is what we say for a zombie horde. Uh, if you could choose someone to be by your side, who would that be? Ooh. Um, I think... Are we, is it still sort of like, if I'm at this wrestling show? It's Brit Rest. Uh, yeah, it's Brit Rest. Brit Rest. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I'd. I think I'd have to have Chris Ridgeway. Smash mouth, yeah. Smash mouth, yeah. Hard as nails. Just um, uh, spin kicking zombies' heads off. Ah, oh, the precision on those kicks. It, 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 it. I wouldn't have to do anything really. I'd, <laughs> I, I would. I'd make it look like I was helping, but he'd, uh, he'd uh, uh, definitely be really, really. Uh, uh, handy in fighting off the zombies, and also he's a really, really sound dude. So I think we'd have fun just in the the down periods from zombie attacks. Yeah. Um, Companionship. You know, we don't yeah. know how many people are going to survive this. So yeah, yeah, you've chosen not only someone who is effective at dispatching zombies, but someone who yeah. can provide um, entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, peak, uh, peak physical condition, so we don't have to worry about like. This is how I treat everything. If I'm like the, the worst in the group, then that's a. I feel uncomfortable with that low bar, you know, because <laughs> it's only me that has to to bring it back up. If I never have to worry about, uh, him getting like falling behind, it's all good. It's just up to me to keep up. That's fine. <laughs> what a what an interesting look on life. <laughs> Who would you, well, finally on this topic, who would you sacrifice? Who would you willingly push in front of zombies? Um, I think it'd have to be Danny Proper. Okay, yeah. I, um, uh, why is that? Have you, have you ever talked to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think it'd be a great <laughs> distraction for a start. He'd baffle the zombies for about a good 20 minutes. Yeah. Might even um, be an issue there with um, Danny being mistaken as a zombie at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I hope the zombie apocalypse happens at the start of a show, not by the end where he's had like six points, because then we, we would not be able to work out um, if he if he was still with us or not. But um, I think that would also be the reason that we just go, do you know what, have him. <laughs> now, we're heading towards the end of this podcast, Tony. Uh, there are a lot of talented wrestlers out there. 
Um, and normally on a podcast, there's an opportunity to give shout outs to wrestlers. But I want to do something a little bit different. I want to focus on people who aren't necessarily wrestlers, people who are behind the curtains or behind the cameras. Is there anyone who is behind the scenes who you feel deserves more credit than they actually get? Um, do you want like one person in particular or a couple of people? You can have a couple if you like. Um, so a big one for me, Chris Brooker. Yeah. I think, um, I think he's uh, an unsung hero of Northwest, uh, wrestling. Um, because a lot of the, a lot of the amazing folk that you're seeing pop up across the, the Brit wrestling today, or have been, have been doing so for a, really leading the way for the last couple of years. Um, a lot of their first, uh, first, big sort of matches were in Chris's future shock. Um, he's, he's, he's got to introduce a lot of great people to, to a, a, a wider audience. Yeah. Uh, he really cares about that too. He really cares about um, putting on a good show and uh, letting good people get opportunities. Um, if, if it wasn't for him, I would never have been involved in wrestling. So I think that's a, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. He 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 sought me out and asked me to come to Future Shock, uh, and also he's just a a well like he's just so knowledgeable. He's got so much um, knowledge about wrestling that I think a lot of people uh, either don't realise or uh, just haven't haven't even sort of seen yet because there's just there's just so much. Um, he's he's a great mind for the the entertainment side of uh the business too um so yeah i think he he deserves some credit uh i think the the there's there's a, a little pool of referees um that also need a shout out uh james greenwood bloody Dan hell <laughs> sorry he's just uh james greenwood oh, i love him he's my favorite ref but yeah go on carry on i mean i want to i want to like appreciate all the referees right i know uh oh james is one of the more experienced of the uh the sort of referees that we have uh working uh in the northwest at the moment but um we've we it's really nice to see a really uh good bunch of people that really care about raising the matches that they're involved in and being uh helpful and supportive at shows uh leading the way um so yeah you got your like laura she's so new to it uh lk she's so new to refing and uh but she's already like adding so much to the show she's involved in dan sheeder is is great with a great mind and uh your your favorite james greenwood is just mm. um a, a constant source of uh positivity yeah so they're my they're the people i want to give a little round of applause to yeah i'll try and get some um i'll try and get some um canned applause to to put over that uh in post-production i have to echo your sentiments um the referees nowadays are just so focused and dedicated to add to a match they're not there just to to count uh, a pin or a submission they are there to contribute and make sure that everything is looking right and feels right um and they have 
they hold a massive um, stake uh, in wrestling, really. Um, and yeah, Chris Brooker, he's a, another another favourite on this show that people like to give credit to. He and and same for me. Chris uh, really helped me develop when I first came to Future Shock. Um, I mean, Sam was responsible for me debuting there, so a lot of time for for all these people. Uh, yeah, very very good shout outs there. I don't think there's ever a bad shout out really, unless you're shouting out someone. Who doesn't deserve to be someone cancelled, yeah. (laughs) Um, So before we round up the podcast, uh, where can we find you on social media, Tony, if you do want people to find you? I do, because I desperately (laughs) crave an audience. Um, (laughs) uh, I can be found on pretty much all uh, social medias at Tony underscore right 97. That's me. Um, that's uh, no gimmicks. It's me, 100%. Come find me, and I appreciate the follow. Excellent. And now, Tony, I wanted to thank you very much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, one final task for you: Can you summarise this podcast experience in five words or less? Five words. Okay. Um, great. Would podcast again great wood podcast again it's four that isn't it yeah four no you don't need a fifth it's fine just in case you change your mind i don't want you to change your mind now Um, i was only gonna add add, boy would podcast again boy okay that's great now (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much tony um Thank you for tuning in to Guiding Light Radio. I've been your host, the Guiding Light, Isaiah Quinn. Tune in next time and remember, new life is just around the corner.